It's time to build. It's time to build. It's time to build. Ecclesiastes announces prophetically that to everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. A time to build is special. A time to build is special. Because you have to wait on a building season to come. Every season is not a building season. Every season is not the season to build a house. Every season is not the season to build a business. Every season is not the season uh, to build your investment portfolio. Every season's not the season to build. So when the time and season does come around to build, those times are very special because a lot of times we desire to build long before it's time. And so you carry around the urge and the instinct and the desire to do it long before the time materializes for you. And, and I'm ministering this this morning because I, I felt the inclination and the leading of the Lord that there's a lot of people in this room that have been waiting on something for a long time. Carrying a dream, an idea, a plan, a purpose, and you've just been waiting for a long time. But the written word of the Lord and the prophetic word of the Lord collide today. The written word of the Lord in Ecclesiastes says, it's time to build. And the prophetic word of the Lord out of my spirit through the gift God gave me also announces and bears witness with the written word, it is time to build. Now Romans 8, 24 and 25 talks about hope and it says hope that is seen, hope that is realized is not hope. Well, what is hope? Hope is an intended expectation that has not been manifested yet. I'm going to say it again. Hope is an intended expectation that has not been manifested yet. Do you have any hopes that you haven't seen yet? Ask your neighbor, what are you hoping for? This question is vitally important because it's essential that you walk around with a hope, with an expectation, with a desire to accomplish something that you haven't accomplished yet. To build something in your life that right now only exists in dream form. Build something in your life that right now only exists in dream form. Now, the last two years there have been uncommon attacks unleashed against the body of Christ in a myriad of ways. And I want to explain why the attacks have come. They have not come to kill you because the devil can't kill you before it is your time because God has a hedge around your life. The attacks have not come to kill you. The attacks have come to discourage you, to distract you, and to stifle your creativity and rob you of your ability to dream and expect. 
That's what the attack has been about. Car broke down. The devil didn't want your car. He wanted your creativity. He wanted your peace. He wanted your ability to dream. He wanted all of that mental energy that you would be spending on your dream. He wanted it to be spent on something else. Marriage fell apart. Devil didn't want to date your husband. He's using what you're going through to try to stress your mind out and push you to the brink so that you don't have the peace and tranquility you need to be able to dream. Because you can only dream when you are at peace. You can carry a dream once you have it through seasons of stress and war, but in order to get it in its embryonic stages, you have to be at peace, and the enemy has been after your peace. But survival mode that most of us have been living in has been a season and I came to announce that that season is over the times the seasons and the day has shifted God is bringing us hear me Christian world as I prophesy God is bringing us to a time of tranquility still waters to restore your soul and and one of the ways God restores your soul is by allowing you to dream again and have a new hope, a new expectation. And when God gives dreams, he doesn't do it to entertain you. God gives dreams so you'll have something to build. Your life is about to go under construction, remodeling, renovating, rebuilding. Look at somebody and just say prophetically to them, say, I'm about to build something. I'm about to build something. And y'all said it like you didn't have no espresso today. I told you before you come to church on Sunday morning, get you a double shot of espresso. We'll all have a better experience. Tell somebody I'm about to build something. So the question is, what are you as an individual building? What are you working on? What are you hoping for? You got to understand, that's why you're alive. That's why you're alive. So that you can build on the outside the things that God has showed you on the inside. That's why you survived the stuff that should have killed you. Because God's still got something for you to build. God's still got something for you to do. God's still got something for you to accomplish. Look at Psalms 127, verse 1. Psalms 127, verse 1. Very common scripture. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Now, let's... let's break that down. First of all, the main meaning of the scripture is uh, you can work all you want to and labor all you want to, but if God uh, doesn't get involved in the building, it's going to be vain. That's, and that's the correct understanding of that scripture. But let's look at the two roles of building, okay? It says, unless the Lord builds the house, then they're laboring in vain who build it. Well, who's building it? Is it the Lord or is it the they who are laboring? And the answer is both. God's part of the building process is he builds the dream and introduces it to your mind. Ooh. He builds the dream and introduces it into the world of your thoughts and your ideas and your spirit. He builds the dream 
and then you go and labor to build on the outside what God showed you on the inside. Throw up your right hand and say, Lord, give me a dream. So God is the architect of our visions and dreams, but we are the construction crew. Are you following what I'm saying? Okay. So when the dream comes from God, you got to understand this concept. When the dream comes from God, you got to understand this concept. It's a powerful. One. When the dream comes from God, it's built before it's built. Because God built it first in the form of dreams, visions, and ideas and gave it to you. And then all you have to do is go out and build in the natural what God gave you in the world of thoughts, dreams, visions, and ideas. It's like, for instance, did all of you see our brand new uh, church that we just built outside for our children and our new uh, big gathering area in our breezeway? Did you see it when you drove up? Did you see it? You didn't see it. We built it. You didn't see it? It's right out there. You didn't see it? We built it. It looks something It looks something like this. I think they're going to show you something. It looks something like this. Y'all have that picture? That's it. Okay, but, but, but watch. But watch. All right, thank you guys. But watch. But watch. It's built before it's... It was built when God gave the dream. When God gave the vision, when God showed how it would look, when God showed how big it would be, when God showed what it would be used for, in that moment, it was built. All we got to do now is go out on the outside and put together what God has already built. And the same thing is happening on the inside of you. God is sending dreams in this season, vision in this season, purpose in this season. And when it comes from God, that means it's been built before it's built. All you have to do is have the courage, faith, expectation, hope, and strength to walk out and build on the outside what God showed you on the inside. Push three people say, I'm building something. There you go. I like the way that little girl in the second row did it. She almost pushed her brother and sister off their chair. Push somebody and say, I'm building something. Five things, five things, five things. It's time to build. 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 It ain't time to hide. It ain't time to survive. It ain't time to lock ourselves away. It's time to build. Time to build. If you don't make the most of this time, it may be 25 more years before this time comes back round. You can't afford to cry yourself to sleep every night. You can't afford to be depressed right now. You can't afford to quit on your faith right now. You can't afford to fold your hands right now. You can't afford to take a nap right now. It ain't time to nap. It is time to. You can't afford to be high right now. You can't afford to be drunk right now. You can't afford to be beside yourself right now. You can't afford to be in the hospital right now. You need divine health, a sober mind. You need strength. You need clarity. But Because if you're going to build this thing, it's going to require everything you've got when it's time, when it's time to build. Five things to help you build. Five things to help you build. Number one, tools. 
Everybody holler tools. If you're going to build anything, you need a toolbox. And the first item in your toolbox is a plan. A plan. It's a common statement, but I'm going to say it again. A dream becomes a plan the moment you write it down. And here's the sentiment behind that statement. Your plan enables you to capture your vision. Okay, are you following me? Think, let's think about dreams and visions for a minute. It's kind of in the same world as thoughts and ideas. Have you ever had a great idea and then forgot it? Those of you that do a little bit of writing, you know, or a little bit of creative writing, or maybe songwriting, or poetry, or anything creative. All creative people know, like if you work with, you know, computer arts and different things like that, all creative people know that when you have a great idea, it's so important that you write it down or you take out your phone and record it. You've got to get the idea down because dreams, visions, and ideas that are in the thought world, they're so nebulous. They're fleeting. They can come and be amazing and then fly right out of your mind. So the plan is a natural way to harness and capture and arrest that idea so that you can bring it out of the thought in the dream world and into reality in the natural world. So you need a plan. I know you're inspired, but you need a plan. I know you're gifted, but you need a plan. You need a plan. Look at Luke 14, 28 through 32. Luke 14, 28 through 32. Jesus is teaching here and he says, For which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first, count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, lest after he has made or laid the foundation, he is not able to finish. And all of those who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Jesus is teaching the importance of having a plan. And inside of that plan, asking yourself questions like, what will it cost? What are the steps? How will we get from here to there? You need a plan. Go home today and start this week. If you've been wanting to build something for a long time and you've been holding off, go home today, get you a piece of paper and a pen, and begin to write out your plan. Do you know that God will bless your plans? Oh, that's a word for somebody. I said God Almighty will bless your plans when you take it out of the dream world and the idea world and you write it down. Next tool in your toolbox is measurements. Everyone say measurements. You cannot manage what you will not measure. Okay. You have to take measurements. All right. uh, the, I come from a family of construction workers, and, and there's an old saying in construction work. They say, uh, measure twice, cut once. Okay. Measurement is so important. It doesn't matter what you're trying to build. It doesn't matter if you're building a building, building a house, you're building a ministry, if you are uh, you know, building a business, or even if you're like trying to build uh, a better life, like a, a better health, better lifestyle, better personal health, you have to have measurement. If you're trying to lose weight, you'll never lose weight without the tool of measurement, okay? 
calories in versus calories out is a real thing, okay? And you cannot manage what you do not measure. You have to measure your progress. It'll tell you if you're doing the right things or if you're doing the wrong things. So many people work real hard and never get ahead because they never learn how to measure. Okay. Even if you're just trying to build something as simple as a better credit report, you got you to gotta use the measuring of a budget to help you see what's coming in versus what's going out. Okay. Measuring is essential, so you need to add that tool to your toolbox. The next tool is information. You cannot make good decisions with bad information. You need more information, and it's amazing how accessible that information of all kinds is today. There is no excuse for you to remain ignorant. Learn in the name of Jesus. I want you to be anointed. I want you to speak in tongues. I want you to be baptized in the name of Jesus. But I also want you to learn something. You need to read something other than the Bible. The Bible is amazing. It should be number one. What's number two? Because you need a book in your life. Get you some information. Find out about the thing that you want to do, the area you want to go into, and begin to read and study and gather information on that thing. And the other thing information does is it gives you exposure. I want to clue you in on this. Whatever you want to build... Somebody in the world has already built what you want to build, and they've mastered it. The personal success guru, Tony Robbins, he said this quote, and I, I thought I'd mention it. I think it's good. He said, the quickest way to success is to find somebody successful and copy them. Oh, that's so good. The quickest way to success is to find somebody successful and copy them. Okay. And uh, I just want to tell you, it's all right to be a copycat as long as you copy the right cat. Find somebody successful at doing what you're trying to do and copy them. So your, your toolbox, plans, measurements, information, Point number two, investment. Okay, it's going to be a rough point. It'll only take me about three minutes to get through it. Everybody say investment. You must invest in your dream before you ask anybody else to. Told y'all it's going to be rough. You have to be willing to invest in your dreams, your visions, and your plans before you ask anyone else to. And if... Your dream has no investment from you, there will be no return. If it has little investment from you, there will be little return. If it has big investment from you, there will be big returns. And so to get biblical with that, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a person sows, that shall they also reap. You sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. You sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. In other words, you have to invest. Now, I've taught you in this church for years the principle and the thought of making seed sowing a part of your investment strategy. Because sometimes you are working on your dreams, your visions, and your plans, and you take them as far as you can take them, and then you run into a wall that requires supernatural breakthrough.
And this is important. You want to do everything you can in the natural, but when you hit a wall in the natural that you don't have the power to bust through, you're not out of options because you can go to God and specifically the soil of the kingdom of God and plant a seed and receive a supernatural breakthrough. And if you need a significant breakthrough in your life, I want to ask you, how much have you sown towards it? How much have you invested towards that thing that you need? I never sow, just personally, I never sow according to my need. I sow according to the harvest I'm expecting. This brings up another principle. I never sow without expectation. I never give an offering just because it's offering time. I give my tithe out of obedience to God. But when it comes time for me to give an offering, I am giving with an intended expectation. I never sow a seed that's not named. Okay. I have seen too many times me hit a wall and not be able to get through or over something. And through the power of a seed sown as an investment toward breakthrough. God supernaturally break down those walls and open doors for me, and many of you have too. But I want you to take that seriously, that seed sowing should be a vital part of your investment strategy. And uh, if you're not expecting much, don't, don't sow much. But if you're expecting something big, you've got to sow big. You've got to invest accordingly to the thing that you are believing for. And it's important because sowing on a level that you've never sowed before elevates your thinking and your expectation to a level that it's never been before. There's something so, I, I, maybe I'm going too fast. I want you to capture what I just said. I don't know what the largest seed you've ever sowed into the kingdom of God is, but you can get it in your mind if you can remember or think of it. Whatever your personal sowing cap has been, okay? When you break that personal sowing cap, you bring yourself to a level of faith and expectation that you could not have been brought to any other way. Okay. Your, your, your expectation and your faith is directly correspondent to your level of giving and sowing and trusting the Lord with your finances. Okay. So if you're stagnant, if you're stuck, if you haven't been able to move past something in financial world or in your thought world or your creative world, check your sowing. Okay. Because sowing on a different level than you've ever sowed before, will grab you by the top of the head and pull you to a new level of faith and expectation. You got to invest. You got to invest. Now, this principle of investment into your dream, your vision, and your plan, your business, whatever you're doing, whatever you're building, it applies to everything. I mean, even if you are just uh, trying to build a healthier body, there's going to have to be some investment. You cannot eat cheap food and lose weight. I told you it's going to be a rough point. I'm almost done. 
I'm going to say it again because the way you looked at me like you want to come fight me. I said you cannot eat cheap food and lose weight. Okay. Now, now, if the goal was to save some money, then the dollar menu at McDonald's would be an excellent option. But not if the goal is to get healthier. Bottom line, you're going to have to make an investment. Okay. But it costs so much. How bad do you want it? That's the thing that always just completely befuddles me when people talk about wanting a healthier lifestyle or they talk about wanting to, to, um, to fix some problems they've had physically. And, and they get all the information, you know, that, that eating right and getting exercise and, and joining a gym, taking some classes, doing these things will, will give them the results that they desire. And they get all of that truth and they look back and they complain about the cost of healthy food. Sweetheart, that's life. Okay? Stuff costs what it costs. If you have, I mean, it's, it is cheaper than a heart transplant. It is cheaper than dialysis. You gonna get mad. It's cheaper than insulin. Okay. And so you, you have to, you have to do some, some decision making on where your paradigm is because a lot of people walk through life with dreams that God really did give them. But every building season that comes around, they talk themselves out of starting and they use excuses to do it. Just like Apostle Gomercindo spoke to us about last week. They use excuses for why they are not building and constructing the thing that God put on the inside of them. It costs too much. I'm too tired. I don't have anybody to help me. All of these excuses. And we got a room full of excuses. The re there's reasons that you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. And the reasons don't boil down to the same reasons you've been saying. The reasons are you're tied to your excuses. I want to tell you with faith in God and a plan and a word from God and a hope and an expectation, you can go build on the outside anything that God deposited in you on the inside. But you've got to be willing to make the investment. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, that point's over. As we segue to the rest, I want to tell you that our culture, I talked to you about this two weeks ago, our culture in America loves to try to sell you on the idea that you don't have what you need in order to build successfully, but you have inside of you you have already inside of you. You have already inside of you everything you need to build what God showed you. That brings me to my next point. Number three, materials. If you're going to build anything, you're going to have to start with raw materials. Everybody say raw materials. 
If you're building a new restaurant, you're going to have to have some food to cook and some pots to cook in. You're going to have to have some raw materials. If you're a carpenter, you're going to have to have some wood, some nails, and some screws. You're going to have to have raw materials. And you'll never be effective building your dream unless you have the supplies. And again, the raw materials that God assigned to you. I'm talking about before you were born. The raw materials that God put in your spirit, in your character, in your makeup. The raw materials God put in you is more than enough to build anything that he shows you on the inside. Listen to me. David was a giant killer before he ever met Goliath. Gideon was a champion while he was hiding from the enemy in his own cave. The raw material, the raw substance that was needed for him to build and accomplish what God showed him was there all the time. And you need to take inventory of the raw materials, the power, the substance that God has put in you. There's something about your character other people don't have. There's something about your mind, your thoughts, your creativity that other people don't have. You are are a unique original designed by God. There's nobody else in the world like you, and he has deposited within you already all of the raw materials you need to build what he showed you. So go out and build it. It's time to build. You can do it, and you already got it in you. But for the, for the rest of us that haven't been addressed yet in the message, because there's a few of us who say, I, I know I got to invest. Investment's not my problem. There's a few of us who say, I, I know I need tools. I got those. There's a few of us that, that say, I, I know I got the materials. Pastor, be honest with you. I just don't have the energy. Because this season of life, with the kids, with, with the job, with everything I've got to expend out of me to wake up in the morning and live through the day, I don't have any energy left to do anything else except survive my Monday through Friday. Am I talking to anybody? Okay. Okay. No one starts building. Listen to me. No one starts building when they're exhausted. And that's why the enemy and haters will try to always drain you because your energy is a threat to the enemy. I said your energy is a threat to the enemy. It's why you ought to eat better to have better energy because your energy is a threat to the enemy. It's why you ought to do everything you can to sleep better, to have more energy, because your energy is a threat to the enemy. It's why you ought to figure out ways to manage your stress, because your energy is a threat to the enemy. Your problem is you don't know how significant you are. Your problem is you don't know how important you are. Your problem is you have no idea what you would actually be able to accomplish in this earth if if you just had a little bit more energy. 
But what I want to what I want to share with you is this, and the Lord gave me this. It's one of my favorite scriptures. I've heard my daddy quote it all of my life. Deuteronomy 33, 25. This is a promise from God, and it's loaded with principles. Deuteronomy 33, 25. And the word of the Lord says, put that up there. I want them to see it. Deuteronomy. He, he, he says, look at that second part. He says, as your days, okay, as your days, so shall your strength be. Do you realize what this is saying? Listen to me. A day is a measurement of time. A day relates to time, okay? He's saying, whatever day, time, season that you're living in determines your allocation of strength from God. So when the day changes out of just surviving the attacks, when the day changes out of survival mode, and when the day comes to it's time to build, that provokes heaven to send me more strength than I had before because I'm in a different day. I came to announce to you, you are in a different day day. And those of you that fear the building process because you don't think you have the energy, when the day changes, the strength that God supplies changes. And as the demands of your day increase, as the demands of the building increase, as the demands of your time and your investment increase, God himself will increase your energy to everybody exhausted. I prophesy over your life from the top of your head to the sole of your feet that God is sending you new strength strength for a new day. I feel that in my spirit. To everybody exhausted, I prophesy in the name of Jesus Christ that God is sending you new energy and new strength for a new day. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. How long do I have to wait until the strength is renewed? You have to wait until it's the right time. And it is the right time right now. And that leads me to point number five. And point number five is all of those together. Point number five is tools, investment, materials, and energy. It's T I M E. And God said, It's time. Stand to your feet and give the Lord a hand praise all over the house. Whether you're building a business or building your biceps, this is the time to build something. This is the time to build something. Your life cannot continue on the path of stagnation, not accomplishing anything just surviving and getting through the day and the week being the goal. 
Say, you, you don't have to build a skyscraper, you know, but, but search your life and, and say, Lord, give me the wisdom to apply your word to my life so I can go out in my life and build. So I believe everyone in the room needs to build something this year because it's a season and a time. It's a season and a time. It's a season and a time. The door is open. The window of opportunity is open. You got to strike while the iron is hot. It's a season and a time. So I want to ask you, what are you going to build? What are you going to build? I'm not just talking about building the kingdom of God right now. That's obvious. We always do that. I'm talking about you. What are you? What are you building? Okay. You're building your customers list. You're building your brand. You're building your book one chapter at a time. What are you building? You're building your investments. You're building your retirement portfolio. What are you building? Just, just ask God, what do I need to be building? No, come on, ask God, what do I need to be building? God puts you on this earth. Listen to me. This is your purpose. God puts you on this earth to build on the outside the things he has showed you on the inside. It's God who created your ability and capacity to dream. So dream it and build it. Are you building? Are you building? Are you building a stronger? Are you building a stronger marriage? If you want to build a stronger marriage, I hope you're going to the duo conference that we're providing. Listen, totally free if it's your first time we'll pay for the hotel room we'll pay for everything totally free if it's your first time you have no excuse I want to help you build nobody wants to see you build more than me but when things are made available to you you have to you have to take advantage of it okay well, what are you building you're building a better relationship with your children okay well what's your toolbox look like for that what's the steps what's the plans what are you building you're building equity in your house. You're doing a remodel. You're adding something so that the value will be more when you... What are you building? Okay. Okay. What are you building? That's what the Lord wanted me to end this with. He wanted me to ask you, what are you building? Because it's time. It's time. It's time. It's time to build. Now, there's two types of people in here right now. There are the types of people that say, I know exactly what I want to build. I could draw it for you right now. I just don't have the resources or I just don't have the energy. Or I just don't have uh, the things that I need. And I'm believing God for it. That's where that investment piece comes in. Both you investing into it personally and you investing into the kingdom of God. That's what... I hope you, if you've tracked with this church for long enough, I hope you get the concept that that's what this time of the service, when I do an offering challenge, that's what this is for. When I do a seed challenge or an offering challenge, you, you digging, you know, 20 or 40 bucks out of your purse and coming down here and throwing it down here, that is not, that is not what this is. This is not some thoughtless religious action where we do to, to go 
pay a bill to God or, or scratch an itch of our conscience. That's not what seed sowing is. Seed sowing is identifying a level of blockage, a level of barrier in your life and standing in faith and saying, Father, I can't fix this in the natural. I can't get over this in the natural, but I believe in your kingdom and I'm planting this seed into the soil of your kingdom. I'm investing into the kingdom of God by faith. And Lord, I'm believing you to work it out on my behalf. And you name the seed. You give the seed a direction. You give the seed a purpose. That's what seed sowing is. You ought not just come up here and throw something down. It's not about that. Okay? It's not a collection. It's an opportunity. Look, the, the church is blessed. The church don't need to, to pay a bill right now. That, this is for those of you that have a barrier and want to work the principles of Scripture. That's, that's one type of person, okay? The second type of person is you're here and you say, well, preacher, okay, I can agree that, that, that it's time to build. I, I see what you did with the word there, and I, I can agree with that. Problem is, I don't know what to build. You, you may need to sow a seed for a dream. You may need to sow a dream for a direction. You may need to sow a seed for a revelation of purpose. What am I supposed to be doing with my time right now, with my energy right now, with my business right now? What am I supposed to be doing? Those of you that manage employees, how am I supposed to direct these people and direct their lives? What am I supposed to be doing? If you, if you lack direction, there's an ask that you can bring before God that will send that. The book of James talks about that, that if anyone lacks wisdom, he can ask of God and God will give it freely. Okay. God will give it liberally. God will give it over and above anything we can ask or think. But that's what this time is. I want you to bow your head those of you that have a dream and something stuck, those of you that, that believe it's time, but you don't know what to do, I want to challenge you right now to go before the Lord in prayer with an ask, with an ask. God, I'm either asking you to, to help me get over this thing, to give me a supernatural breakthrough, or God, I'm asking you in the name of Jesus to reveal to me what I'm supposed to be doing, and I have confidence in it. Now, that's a simple prayer, and God heard it. And, and now I want to challenge you to take a seed of investment toward what you're building and plant it into the soil of the kingdom of God and name it, add an expectation to it, okay? Not, not you know, God just open a random door. No, God open the door with those permits that I got denied for. You understand? Specific, you know? God, open the door with the landlord. God, open the door with the client. Being specific with it. That's what this time is all about. If you want to partner with the kingdom of God and invest specifically toward dreams and building of those dreams, I want you to get an envelope or you can get your phone out and I want you to sow a significant seed of investment into the kingdom of God. I'm not going to tell you what to give. I want you to search your own heart. I want you to ask the Lord what he would have you do. I want you to remember that your corresponding action between the level of giving you have 
and your level of expectancy and faith, they're always tied together. So with that in mind, with those things in mind, Spirit of the living God, every person in this room is a masterpiece that you have created. And Lord, you have designed them to build. You've designed them an original creation to be fruitful, to multiply and replenish the earth, to go out into the earth and put something there that was not there before they got here. And Lord, I pray for the creativity of every single person in this room. I pray for the inspiration and the inward energy of every person in this room, that they would be compelled to go out and accomplish those dreams and visions that you have given them. God, you are the one who created us to dream, who created us to hope, who created us to expect. And Lord, we pull on that from you right now in the name of Jesus. We pull on more in the name of Jesus. We're tired of being stuck. We're tired of being frustrated. We want to lean on our faith and believe you to do more this year than we've seen the last five years. I hear you, Holy Spirit. We want to lean on our faith to see levels of life break through like we have never seen before. We want to lean into our faith and believe you for more. So Father, right now, for every person who's giving, we ask you to respond the way you do, God, when you see faith and when you see seed that's sown into your kingdom. And Lord, even for those who are not giving or those that are unable to give today, I pray that this word begins to echo deep in their soul and that through your word, Lord, that a seed is planted in their heart that will foster a dream, a vision, an expectation. Because we, your people, Lord, we are people who expect your movement in our lives. Oh, I know, I know I'm not alone in that statement. I know I'm not alone in that sentiment. Is there anybody in the room that expects God's movement? Oh, do you hear me? Is there anybody in the room that expects God? We believe for even greater. We believe for more. Oh, yes, let your power overtake us. Get you an offering. Get you a seed. Get you something to put into the kingdom of God. When you have it, I want you to come planted on the altar in expectation and in faith. you. I pray the Lord your God strengthen you. I pray the Lord your God fill those of you that are exhausted with a new energy. I feel that in my spirit that God renew your strength, renew your energy, restore your soul. I speak over your life dreams, visions, expectations. 
And I pray that the Lord your God will cause your harvest to come up speedily, full grown, mature, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold what you have sown into the kingdom of God today. The Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace in Jesus' name. I love you, Christian world. We will see you Wednesday night in the house.